0: Folks, I'm Harry Eubank, and this is the Legend, Legend of the Red podcast. podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast 2021. Harry, how are you feeling
1: right now? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. I'm excited. I'm We're excited. back. We are back for
0: another year. Our third year now. Yeah, we,
1: it's a good tradition. Yeah, I like going. it. I like yeah, it a lot. Yeah. Three years of the
0: podcast. Yeah. Back with a new name. Big time. Big time. We've had some we had some comments last year about the old name. Yeah, we
1: don't like to talk about that. Sorry. So it's a new, new, new slate. New slate.
0: So now we're the legend of the Rent podcast and we will be choosing a niche school of rock quote every year.
1: Yeah. So it keeps in the family. There you go. Um, I like that. But a nice little switch up every time. <laughs> and so that people can't find the previous podcast the year before. Because... <laughs> As we found, they age pretty badly. They do age pretty badly. <laughs> Quite, last quickly.
0: year is tough to listen to. If,
1: if if last year continues at the rate of decline, <laughs> I, I dread to know what it'll be like in five years. I'll be taking it down sometime very soon. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Probably the best.
0: Um, right, so we've got a lot to get through today. Um, how are you feeling about discussing the whole year's worth of
1: music? Well, I think compared to last year, I think we know less about each other's opinion. Agreed. Which will make it, I think, a bit more interesting. Because um, I think a lot of things will come out of the woodwork that we're not expecting. I agree um, with that. yeah. Whereas last year, I think we were basically either on the same page or we knew exactly what the other person I was thinking. I feel like I knew absolutely everything you were thinking yeah. last year. We yeah. talked too much about music during yeah. the
0: pandemic in 2020.
1: hundred um, percent. And also, likewise, I think... It's it, It'll be a slightly less sort of overly prepared and slightly less like overly thought through. Oh, 100%. Podcast. I think that's a good um, thing. Which is definitely a good thing.
0: More authentic thoughts and more honest opinions. Yeah, yeah. And 100%. bigger surprises for you, the fans, to enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> so- <laughs> All for 11 me. of you, so strap in. <laughs> oh, We're getting to double figures now. Jeez. <laughs>
1: oh, gosh. Right. right.
0: So, um,. Should we get started? I think we shall. Oh my gosh, this is exciting. All right. So, we've got plenty of things to get through, including our awards, songs of the year, and albums of the year later. But first, we must discuss the year we are currently in as a whole, 2021. So, to start us off, Harry, please just give us your overall thoughts on how 2021 has been for you in terms of music.
1: Uh, A bit of a... I would say um, throughout the year, I potentially didn't appreciate how good of a year it was. And I think maybe going into the sort of last month or so of being like, oh, what came out this year? Mm. What are my favorite songs? I, I think my initial thoughts were like, "Ah, oh, it's not been as good as the last couple of years. Um, but having reflected on the year, I think maybe that was slightly rash opinion. And, you know, it's easier to reminisce about past years and sort of claim that they're sort of, you know, the golden years. Um, but actually, I, th- I think I've got sort of a bunch of albums that are really sick, a bunch of songs that I really love, and the awards are just as good as ever. Um, so I think probably what I told you going into the podcast is, Of a month or so ago, that I was a bit nervous about what I was going to come out with. Do I have ten albums I love as much as I did last year, the year before, Hmm. and you know, going back years? But I actually think that I'm in a good position, Um, and it's not. It's not. It wasn't the easiest year in the sense that we had a bunch of albums that I probably have more disappointing albums (sighs) than I've ever had. But that that doesn't necessarily mean that the actual output wasn't as good as previous years it's it's just not what I expected Mm. um and maybe slightly not necessarily left field like it's not like I've discovered new genres or new anything but just like artists that I didn't necessarily expect Mm. and artists that have come out of nowhere like I think about that's good yeah I've got a lot of debut albums in my in my top 10 oh
0: well no spoilers but we're like three minutes in yeah, let's relax, Harry. <laughs> Harry's about to reveal it all. There, Harry's literally I'll go <laughs> I document. tell you what,
1: that's what the listeners want. But we're gonna we're gonna long <laughs> we're out gonna for a stretch.
0: Lot. It out for five plus hours. and strap um, in. But um, okay, yeah, cool.
1: What about, what about you?
0: Um, I actually think this year has been worse than last year. <laughs> We'll get into that in the uh, 2020 in review section, but I think as a yeah. as a whole, um, I've struggled this year a little bit, I think. Mm. Um, I just feel like I've been waiting for something that might not be coming. Mm. <laughs> mm. And I was kind of, it's like one of those things like, oh yeah, but music's about to come back, the world's about to restart, and it kind of just happens, and you're there like, oh yeah, but it, there's going to be something like mm. tangible that happens to make you realise that. But there really hasn't been, um, and I'm not sure if it's still coming or if it's... I hope it is, or to some extent. I hope something happens. But, like, yeah, it's been a bit of a weird a weird year for me, I think. 100%. Um, Do you remember yeah. what
1: I said last year? About? At the end of the last podcast, I said, I can't wait for next year because we're going to have all the albums that didn't come out last year that have been yeah. pushed back. They're all going to get dumped in this year. Yeah, you said that. And we're going to have all of... I think I said something like all of the artists that you know were able to grow in the pandemic yeah, yeah, off yeah. the back of the circumstances might come out with new stuff, uh-huh. you know, that might be more orientated towards like live performances. So they might just be slightly like a new version of what they were doing in in twenty twenty. So I, I I and I basically had that thought, the same thought you just expressed was like twenty twenty one is going to be essentially 1.5 times the amount of music that we'll see because half of it was scrapped in yeah, 2020 I will, but it just didn't happen like that and I, I think that makes sense Like, I
0: mean it's interesting I do think that there's some truth to that um, but I'm just not sure how um, significant that's had uh, in terms of the like overall like outlook on 2021 like how much that's impacted that i'm really, really interested to we'll dig into all of it yeah. dig into all of it um i mean that leads us quite nicely into our first topic of discussion which is the pandemic continued um so i will ask you harry what do you think has been the main impact on the music industry from the pandemic specifically this year like what is the pandemic's legacy and how has that affected 2021 in terms of music
1: It's difficult to say. I also think I know what you're going to bring up and it's a really good point. So I don't want to make that point. Okay. (laughs) But, um, I mean, the one, one of the things that I think it's impacted, you know, maybe this is anecdotal, but like our our awards that you'll see in the next section, disgusting, filthy banger. Uh For me, there've been fewer disgusting, filthy bangers Uh this year. Do you think that's due to the lack of live music? Yeah, I wonder how much that is to lack of live music. The more people are making music in a kind of working from home, bedroom pandemic vibe, Uh where, you know, I mean, like if you're in, people have spent now like a year Uh not fully unlocked. People are going to be, have a better tendency towards listening to sort of more low key tracks and also artists are going to be wanting to make more low key tracks because of the situation they're living in. Yeah. I think Um, also with that
0: certain tracks sound different on like different systems. Like I remember recently, I mean, we'll get into it, but, um, I was out and I heard in a DJ set, I heard a baby keen track Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. And, um, I didn't recognize it considering I'd heard this track quite a lot. It was range brothers. Mm -hmm. I heard range brothers like in a DJ set and I was there like, I've heard that song quite a lot in my headphones Yeah, I didn't recognise it in the club because I was there like what is this this is unbelievable yeah. and then I shazammed it I was there like oh yeah. what and then I was it just sounded so much better in the live setting and I think the like when you bring back communal music spaces where people can listen to music and not everyone's kind of operating in their own little echo chamber um, then you get you know more what are you laughing yeah. at what are you smiling saying- at
1: I'm actually thinking of what Family Ties would look like at Ignition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like, was it, you were like, oh, Range Brothers in the club. And I was like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Genius. I would love to hear Family Ties out. Oh, I haven't heard yeah, it yet. Yeah, yeah.
1: I know. I know. And you, said, what, you sent me that video. that was that club that was doing a hip hop night. Oh, and, yeah. it, and, and it's in its branding was all around family ties Uh and that that sounded like it was gonna pop up
0: exactly I I just think it does separate good tracks from bad when you put them on the big sound systems Mm. and that's Mm. where I think maybe that's why kind of like a lot of the bigger albums like we don't appreciate how good potentially even like a Drake album is yet because we haven't heard the songs on the big speakers maybe once you get once you get into the club and you hear way
1: too sexy, you're going to be like, oof, oof.
0: That's, <laughs> that song is pretty damn good.
1: Also, that just reminds me that we missed Drake by one day. Oh, why would you bring that up?
0: Well, what it's because I haven't thought about it in a real time. I didn't realise. So that. we were, we had booked tickets to Wireless Festival, Harry and I, and we booked tickets for the Saturday. And considering I live about 10-minute walk from Crystal Palace Park, where Wireless was held, on the Friday night, the night before, uh, Drake came out for peach and we missed him by one day which yeah. is really sad, isn't Didn't it? Didn't
1: you say you could hear him?
0: Basically. I mean, I could hear the whole festival. Like, <laughs> Megan Thee the Stallion was in my backyard <laughs> on Sunday, essentially. It was crazy. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, oh. The old uh, the old age pensioners on my um, on my street were, were not fans. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, also, I forget that it's not obviously an annual thing. Whereas, you know, for around here. Oh, yeah, but it will be for the
0: next three years. I've got three-year contracts. You're it's joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: isn't Crystal Palace Park a lot smaller than the normal
0: yeah I know that's why I was surprising that they booked it for so okay, long okay
1: well I don't play in the old H-Pensions because yeah, sure. if I was them with my original thinking I'd just be like oh it's a year like, it's yeah. just a one year yeah but if but it's it's going to be oof.
0: three years apparently but that's we'll tight. see things change
1: well that's more of a reason to go back next year
0: well there you go Perfect. anyway um, so yeah any other kind of uh, impacts that the pandemic's had on music this year
1: I'm not sure. I mean, do, were you gonna make your point on live performances, out of interest? Because I, Which I thought so. Because I remember we had a discussion mainly after the festivals we went to, and you pointed out that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The artists that are big. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, definitely. Did, this did, is something I that that that, thought. Yeah. I wasn't actually gonna mention that. I've forgotten about that. But thank yeah. you for reminding me. Yeah, literally. I think that having Harry and I went to two festivals. We went to Strawberries and Cream in Cambridge and we went to Wireless. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also went to All Points East and, what was the other one? Yam Carnival. And seeing certain artists that have blown up over the course of the pandemic, well, won't name names for now, but um, seeing certain artists that have blown up, um, I find it really interesting to see, like, who's so obviously good performers and who's not. Certain people just basically just sing their tracks back like word for word, no kind of performance, no crowd hyping, just kind of going back and forth on stage and expecting the the song to carry the crowd, whereas that's not how it works. And you go see someone like Stormzy, you go see someone like Skepta, you go see someone like, I don't know, anyone that's come up before and that's had to work the live circuit in order to become the big artist that they are. They know how to work a crowd so well and they build it. But even people like Dave, Dave really hasn't had that kind of live music training to work a crowd like Stormzy can and as a result I think that a lot of the live shows are suffering or have the potential to suffer even more.
1: Yeah. 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 It's interesting you bring up Dave as well because he's like he's not an artist that you'd initially think but obviously it's it's just like he's had two years of that he hasn't been able to perfect the craft especially mm-hmm. on the big uh, stage that he's now starting to perform at. mm
0: Like it's yeah. crazy that Dave next year will... Well, he's headlining Reading, really, which is like second biggest in the country. Like, how's wow. Dave gonna control that crowd? Like,
1: yeah, it's true.
0: When he hasn't done all of the years of like going up and up and up the stages at those kind of festivals, he'll just
1: bring out Alex again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like you you can rely so much on the songs, right? Yeah, but you can't hundred percent rely on the songs. It's true. Like the best artists will make that. Album tracks be the best live performance you've ever seen, but I feel like a lot of these people don't have the power to do that. I just yeah, I'm a bit worried about it, because especially in the UK rap scene. I think beyond that, you know, I think the bands will be fine. I think certain pop stars will be fine, um, but I think especially the rappers, um, they have the potential just to limit themselves yeah. by not perfecting their live craft.
1: Yeah, I think what was quite interesting as well about Wireless is that a lot of the rappers and the drill artists were essentially just bringing, you know, the boys Mm -hmm. onto the stage. Mm -hmm. And it's a similar thing where, like, you know, Stormzy, it's all very, like, admittedly higher budget, like, but all of the hype is built around sort of backup dancers and Mm -hmm. sort of, like, proper choreography. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, you know, I'm not sure whether having a mate in the back when yeah. you know they're not really they don't know what to do as well it, it, it's all just feels very amateur, it feels so like amateur when you've got
0: unless you do unless you do what Kanye did at the Brits yeah, exactly. bring out everyone and like have flamethrowers yeah give people
1: flamethrowers gives people something to exactly. do but just having having your mate in the back wearing normal clothes yeah like kind of
0: just looking like a crowd member on the stage that's the thing it just it um, doesn't really suit the vibe yeah i don't know how you fix that though rather than these guys just doing more and more performances i guess that's the only thing that they
1: can do because obviously you work with artists do you you know i mean you know do you provide support to artists regarding their live shows in Uh, the same way that you seem as far as i'm aware you sort of provide support in the studio
0: Yeah, yeah no, can do for sure you know um especially like vocal coaches and stuff, labels, and also managers. Managers and labels kind of, like, will work mm-hmm. together in order to make the live show as best as possible because end of the day, like, a live show will promote an album so it's in the label's interest to, to help that go well as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, cool. uh, so yeah, that's going to be interesting to, to see how it goes, really. 100%. wonder if you can hear those dogs in the background. Yeah, I was going to say, that's (laughs) why we're... (laughs) That's why it was a bit (laughs) awkward for a second there. My neighbours got dogs and they just started barking, so I wonder if we'll be able to hear that. Anyway, we should probably move on. Yeah. Um, Um, Any other effects? What did I put down? I said... Yeah, I thought there were... Actually, interestingly, there was a lack of new artists launching. You know... You're, with the, with a couple of big exceptions mm-hmm. obviously which we'll talk about later like you're just kind of like run of the mill like emerging artists I don't think we got that many really like people that we can see that will start to take off a little bit in 2022 and then even further in 2023 like I don't mm-hmm. think that those artists at the beginning of their career were that prevalent it feels like they they're the same artists that have been prevalent last year yeah the same artists just have kind of plateaued a little bit and there haven't been that many coming through underneath them and mm-hmm. those artists haven't necessarily taken it to the next level yet they're just operating on the same platform yeah don't know what yeah. that is maybe that's live as well maybe that's you know them not being able to bounce their music off with enough people so they're just kind of a bit stuck musically I don't know but I thought that was really interesting as well um, and then my last point about the pandemic is it feels like um, a lot of the like bigger A-list artist, a lot of their albums came out this year, you know, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that later. Um, but it feels like a lot of the slightly smaller artists who probably rely more heavily on touring income mm-hmm. have still pushed their albums back because they know that they can't tour off the back of it. I think that no. there are still some in that kind of like lower middle range albums to come because they just need the tour so much. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, people are still touring, like people are back on tour there this year. I know, they. Um, yeah, they are, but... Um, but is that sort of like almost, year, you know, years and years ago tours that are now only coming through, rather than people doing new tours?
0: Exactly, that's the thing, it's like the tours have just backdated, so like all these tours that are happening, like we went to see Rena Yeah. last true. month, and I was listening to the podcast from last year where we mentioned how we booked Rena for November, 2021. And like that gig, <laughs> we've had those yeah, tickets for like God. a year and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so yeah, those gigs are happening, but in terms of the, the art, if you're launching an album and you think, oh, your tour's going to be in a year, like you just push back your album until where mm. uh, touring's touring is closer because then you can tie it all nicely together, tie it into festival season, tie it into all that. Like I just feel like those, those artists that really rely on it a bit more. Um, are yet to come and so I hope that happens in 2022 yeah I really hope so really really hope so oh gosh well I feel like that leads nicely into our next section Mm -hmm. which I've titled The Big Albums This Year so um, I've got a little list of the A-list artists who dropped albums this year Um, and I'll read them out now so we've got Adele Mm -hmm. Ed Sheeran Bruno Mars Billie Eilish ABBA lol Drake and Kanye um, J. Cole Tyler the Creator and Dave from the UK side. Um, I think it's fair to say that quite a few of these albums didn't necessarily hit as hard as we'd have liked them to, or as hard as you'd expected them to, and I was wondering why you think that is.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Did you mention Ed Sheeran as well? Yeah, Ed Sheeran's on there. I mean I do think some of the rollouts of these albums was a bit were a bit rogue, personally. Like, felt a bit complacent. Yeah. Just a couple of them. um Such as? Ed Sheeran, one, and Drake, another. Mm-hmm. Just like, because Ed Sheeran didn't have any singles, right? No, yeah, that. No. It did? As yeah. in, like, pre. Yeah, two. Yeah, two. Yeah, prior to the song, prior to the release of the album. Ed
0: Sheeran? Yeah. Yeah, Bad Habits and Chambers.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right, Bad Habits. Yeah, fair well okay well then that's my argument <laughs> well no i was just thinking when i i guess when i was well, thinking drake of drake any, drake didn't have anything didn't, didn't have any singles it felt like a lazy release tyler didn't really have any singles tyler didn't but I, that's getting that is getting quite Adele only had one
0: j cole only had one dave only had one yeah I do see what you mean. People yeah. have been quite quick to roll out their stuff. with be a couple of exceptions, but I feel like a few people have announced their album is like coming out in a month, and everyone's okay. like, "Oh my gosh!" And then it's a big four-week burst, and then the album comes, and then it falls off after two weeks. Mm. But what, it's a good
1: point. I, do you think I, it's the
0: music I, itself, like not being up to standard of their pr- of their previous albums, or do you yeah. think it's? Um, I mean, do you think it's the the fan bases do you think attention spans are shorter do you think it's the artists themselves do you think we've got aging superstars and there are new people that are waiting to come through like you're kind of your Olivia Rodriguez of the world like is it those guys that
1: i mean are, do you think that maybe trends are just moving so fast that yeah. essentially like someone like a drake who you know um releases an absolute monster with Scorpion that's just got like hit after hit after hit. You know, two years later trying to do the same thing, he's sort of aged out that sound and he's, you know... I mean, I'm not saying that CLB was the same sound as Scorpion, but it wasn't radically different and maybe people just don't really care as much about it. That being said, it didn't do that badly. I mean, it it did did
0: really well commercially, which is the problem, I guess, Mm -hmm. but... There's no denying that it's not a classic. Yeah. Sorry, that it is so. a classic. No, wait, what wait, what what are you saying? <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Pause that. <laughs> um I said there's no denying that it's not a classic. Yeah. yeah. Certainly is a it's not a, not a classic. It's not a yeah. classic. Whereas I feel like where Drake is at, arguably the biggest artist in the world, yep. um should be putting out classics. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, it did well commercially, but anything Drake puts out does well on the charts. So then, but he's not had a single song that's like been the song. He doesn't have a nice for what, a God's plan, a uh, hotline bling, a one dance on this album and that really surprises me. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe that's why, maybe we've just had a lack of hits on all of those albums from from the artists. Um, but, is it the artists? Is it the fan bases? Is it the songs? I don't know.
1: One thing I will say, and I've just thought of this, and I don't know how relevant it is, but for for quite a while now we've had some al- some serious albums that are like clearly just trying to get the numbers. They're long winded, they're completely yeah. overblown. Yeah. It's quantity over quality, uh-huh. and I do find it interesting that. The sort of most streamed album of the year was Sour, Uh which is like essentially what? 36 minutes or something. Uh Um, and I just wonder if maybe that whole trend is being reversed and people are a bit more like wanting, you know, concise albums where it's, you know, four track four of the tracks they want to be like, you know, absolute heaters. And uh, <laughs> um, and they want like the care and precision on on each individual track, rather than just like a bunch of tracks that are kind of like pretty solid, will vibe to come mm-hmm. back on a playlist, but yeah, it'll be background really music.
0: Well, I mean, like all like a lot of these albums that I just mentioned are like over an hour, like well over an hour. Yeah, um, even Adele's like, I mean, Adele's, Adele's pushing, is an pushing
1: an hour as well.
0: Drake and Kanye both well over an hour. Dumble um, deluxe. Tyler's an hour <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's an hour. Billy's an hour. J. Cole's pretty much an hour. Dave's an hour. Little Sims is an hour even. Like Yeah. These that's too long. Grey area was what? How long was grey area?
1: I think like forty minutes, Bang on. Something like that. I think it's even shorter. Do you think? Yeah. Like thirty eight or something. It's like that's like that twelve tracks. 11, 12
0: that's like What's wrong with the twelve-song, forty-minute like framework? I think... And why? I thought a lot of those albums though yeah. also have like eight-minute songs on them.
1: I think you can see, I which I don't necessarily mind. To be fair, I what, don't the mind songs. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that, and I think I that actually, is... yeah. yeah. But I kind of the thing is, I the problem is with that list is it is quite a rogue variety. And it's quite hard to string a line between all well, of them. Just, like in the sense that you can see a sort of sincerity in what Billy's doing, in uh-huh. what Dave's doing. Mm-hmm. In that they had sort of their debut and now they're going more ambitious. Yeah. And they're trying out more sounds, yeah, yeah. longer song lengths. And I completely back that. Um, and you can kind of maybe see why then as a result it's not just like, it's not quite resonated as much. But there's obviously, like, a, a complete opposite of sincerity when it comes to, like, Certified Loverboy. <laughs> um, yeah. In the sense that, like, it's just drawn out for the for the streams. I don't know. Yeah. Um,
0: well, maybe, yeah, maybe that's just where those different artists are at the points in their career. Like, Billy and Dave, obviously, still at the start of their careers and mm. are forging their legacies and stuff like that, whereas Drake has obviously made his legacy and he's kind of yeah. on the tail end of his influence he's not going to become more influential or more commercially successful because he can't um so then where do you go as an artist from there
1: it's a good point i mean that's that's the that's what i do worry about drake is that he's reached the top and if you look at other artists that have reached that peak they either go one of two ways Mm -hmm. in my sort of experience of listening to music and one is that they just like try and hold on to that massive following that they've got yeah and just go as sort of like diluted and commercial as possible Uh or you know they use that platform to make something fairly left field knowing that people will take the time to listen and have the patience to listen because they're fans Uh and you know we've got like kanye Beyonce Mm -hmm. with her late albums Mm -hmm. Jay-Z 444 Um, Bruno Mars even Bruno Mars uh, etc whereas you know there have been countless artists that have just sort of (coughs) descended into sort of unfortunate into unfortunate territories
0: but I just don't see Drake making anything artistically credible again personally it's
1: such a shame it is
0: such a shame but I just can't see it happening
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I just wonder what headspace he was in to make if you're reading it, This Is Too Late.
0: That's the thing. It's like, if you can make that and it'd be that, that album's not that commercial at all. It's just got oh, bangers right. on it. Don't get me wrong, it's it got bangers hard. on it. But like, it's not like a, there's no like one dance on there. Yeah. You'd struggle to pick like a quote unquote yeah. radio song on that album. So then like, how did he make that?
1: Yeah, I really don't get it. I remember he I, I did see an interview in when he was describing how essentially he just sat down in a hotel room with his laptop and the producers and were just like I'm just gonna try and make the hardest bars I can possibly go
0: mm, fair play
1: and he succeeded he, he succeeded and he, and it's absolute, great it's absolute class I think um, I think
0: yeah. having spoken about this now I think that potentially the reason that I think is probably the most likely for all of this is I think artists are too disconnected from their own fan bases at the moment and they're really? too kind of in themselves mm-hmm. so they make, mu- they make music that like they think is good because they don't really have anything to, to judge, they, they can't, I don't know, I'm not even sure if that's, I just feel like everyone's just in their own heads too much and people are putting out songs that they think are amazing but they're just not amazing.
1: Maybe that's well, yeah, and so that that's wouldn't...
0: why those albums just don't hit as hard as they should do.
1: And it would full circle back to the whole pandemic. Yeah, exactly. So I like that. I like so that. I think as I idea. think
0: that like, I think we can blame the pandemic. Yeah. Um, because there are, there's no way, in the case of Billie Eilish, like that album should have been everyone's album of the year, like on paper, mm-hmm. but it isn't. So it's like. There's no way that she, like, wasn't just two in her own head. You know what I mean?
1: I agree. I agree. I think... And also, I don't know if, you know, we want to talk about Billie Eilish later. Yeah, we will. Um. will. But, uh, then, then we can...
0: Cool. That was a good chat. That was a good well, chat. That was a really good chat. Nice. Also,
1: I felt like we didn't know what we were talking about. For, like... <laughs> as in, like, we didn't have the idea. We didn't make note. Well, I didn't make notes on, like... Exactly what I was gonna say. I
0: just put questions down. on it Yeah, yeah. It's a
1: good, it's a good. good point. We're half an hour in. Nice already. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I thought this was gonna be more
0: concise. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Moving on to our next topic, nice. we've got um something hilarious that's happened this year. Yeah. Which is uh Drake versus Kanye. Uh, Harry, what are your thoughts on the whole situation as a whole?
1: What a rollercoaster! <laughs> Honestly, I, you could not have made made up. No, nah. it's just been insane. I mean, I mean, wh- when I think back at the start of the year, Drake was still what licking his wounds from beef that happened over a year before that.
0: What the whole push T? tea push, push a tea thing? Yeah.
1: Wh- when did that? Do you remember when that, that was Apple interview oh. came out? Um, uh, yeah, it
0: was the start of 2020. That was really tough to just watch. Just before the pandemic, the Rap Radar one. That
1: was really tough to watch, yeah, that one. Um, just because Drake was just still completely destroyed by the whole thing. 100%. He was, talk- he was talking about how Pusha T came on at one of his parties and he just shut the party down. Wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> or, he- or he went over <laughs> to the DJ. Or no, yeah, all of his boys. Like uh, who's, who's, his, who's his best mate? Like Chubbs. Uh, yeah, Chubbs? and... And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. They all apparently just like stormed the DJ and were like, what are you doing? Why are you playing this? Uh and then That's it just made like it made him look really quite tragic. Um yeah. Like the whole thing, I just felt like he he didn't come across well at all. Like, don't get me wrong, I actually do think that what some of the bars impressures song kind of do go overboard What in terms of like you o- bustle Joe no in, don't get me wrong Drake embarrassed himself with the whole baby thing but there, there are certain lines like OVO40 hunched over like he 80 which is, is going too far to be honest in my opinion but in terms of like the whole release of the information about his kid uh-huh. part of me does just think like what what did you expect like what did you what did you think you were going into yeah and he says in uh he said in that interview he was like oh i just thought there were limits (laughs) to to, (laughs) it's just like what do you mean like come on that was always gonna happen he's naive he yeah he's naive sensitive as well um and and then so how do you think how that
0: leads into kanye then and how that's transpired then over two years now.
1: That's the thing is that it's almost like push a T and maybe it's cause he obviously he hasn't done a, done a record since Daytona. Mm. Um, he seems kind of irrelevant to this whole beef now mm-hmm. and that Kanye has managed to like weirdly, you know, come out of it completely unscathed as part of someone who wasn't in the beef, but is now benefiting from the beef as much as anyone without any sort of repercussions which is somehow just the most Kanye thing of all time yeah literally um and that Kanye is just like stirring the pot he's like (laughs) it's like that that um what's that meme of or the gif of the of the guys by the basketball court um anyway but you get the idea of like Kanye like (laughs) rallying up uh, like pressure yeah, tea going yeah. like oh well, yeah you, you go send this old will be yeah, yeah yeah and then meanwhile Kanye's just like the mastermind behind it all um, definitely but
0: oh that's interesting like and then we've got to talk about the album date charade just the whole thing like yeah. so Drake obviously certified Loverboy was meant to come out in January he and he announced in I think October 2020 that it was coming out in January 2021 and then in January he like Tore his knee cartilage or something like that. He's like, Is that had, the reason? He had a knee injury and then pushed back the album. Oh, right. Okay. And so like, okay, whatever. <laughs> pushed it back eight months, nine months, yeah, or something yeah. like that. And it was just ridiculous. And then he was almost kind of held to ransom by Kanye, who kept pushing back his dates. And everyone was saying that Kanye was delaying his album just so Drake couldn't release his album because he knew that if Drake like, set a date, Kanye would probably put his date on the same day, and Drake didn't want that, Mm. um, and, yeah, so Drake was kind of just waiting and waiting, what do you think of that? Is that just pure pettiness, or do you think there's anything behind that, or?
1: The thing is, I always found it was quite tricky to, to, like, gauge how much of that was true, Mm. because, like, uh, but either way, I mean... I think all the fans just wanted them both to be released on the same day. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Um, I can't remember when. When did they? Well, they were do... all
0: they were released in the week. In yeah, in the same week. So, yeah, that so basically, so what's it called? Kanye's came out on yeah. Sunday of that bank holiday, August bank holiday weekend, mm. and Drake's came out on the Friday following.
1: Yeah, I mean, what what I find interesting is that, and you know, obviously, we're in a bubble of of sort of what we follow on social media is very like kanye leaning versus Mm -hmm. drake leaning Mm -hmm. so i mean i do think maybe what i'm about to say is potentially biased but like i actually think they obviously both benefited a lot from the back and forth and the albums getting oh my gosh
0: 100%
1: so if you're drake you're like oh this is this is this is working for me but even just what you said there like Everyone, everyone at home is just thinking that Kanye's got the one up on Drake. Like, or at least that's what it feels like, is that Mm. no one's got any respect for Drake. And it's just like, yeah, no, no, it's not like, because it could have been, you could argue vice versa to a certain extent. But the problem is you never knew what was going on in the, in the Drake camp. Mm. Whereas everyone knew Kanye was working on it in the Atlanta stadium or whatever. whatever. Yeah. So he... It, it just...
0: Drake had it ready to go. Well, That's the he, thing. He only delayed it because he got injured. Yeah. So, like, it was ready to go in January. It's been ready to go the whole year. Yeah. And I'm sure he must have tweaked it a little bit here and mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. But, like, as a bass, I'm pretty sure it was ready to go then. And so, for it to just be delayed and him waiting while Kanye's literally, like, on live stream, like, yeah. finishing <laughs> with Mike deed, like, shouting <laughs> at him, Drake's there, like, please, hurry up so I can release my album. Where's the bass? <laughs> Where's the bass? Uh um, um yeah, and then there's the and then the albums came out. So the albums came out yep. within a week, and then social media said what they said. Drake obviously commercially, Drake completely outperformed Kanye, but more culturally, Kanye outperformed Drake, and everyone preferred Donda to CLB on the whole. Um how do you think how the two albums were received contributed to the beef between them?
1: The thing is I felt like it was fairly unanimous Mm. in terms of the critics preferred Donda, but as you said, CLB performed commercially better. Mm -hmm. I do think that's what everyone expected and kind of, you know, to a certain extent, like what, what, what was inevitable. Mm. Um, so I don't know actually really uh, it's difficult to say how that yeah. sort of inflamed the beef and I don't really remember actually there being particularly much sort of problems or aggressions either way off the back of it well am, I am mean I missing, after am I missing an event well after or
0: the release of the albums there were two kind of little things Kanye leaked Drake's address
1: of course.
0: Um, which happened, and then in response, Drake leaked Life of the Party. <laughs>
1: uh, what are your the thoughts? The worst comeback of <laughs> all time. <laughs> Again, it's just like genius. Like, you couldn't make it up where like, everyone's there. Everyone's response on social media was like, wait, so Drake's response to Kanye was to release a song that's better than anything of Certified Boy?" <laughs> um... And yes, I, I do remember that because I remember then Andre 3000 obviously had to come out and uh-huh. be like, "I love both Drake and <laughs> Kanye." I swear, uh, that was great. That was quite. I remember Kanye's made a comment about. I mean, what do you think about you know releasing Drake's address? Like, it's I a mean, bit weird behavior. It is weird
0: behavior. I don't really know why he did it, but also, it isn't that deep. Yeah, like so. I've been to Toronto now. <laughs> and so I understand <laughs> the city a little bit. But um, there's an album on Certified Loverboy called 7am on Bridal Path.
1: Yeah.
0: Drake's house is on a road called Bridal Path. And if you go on Bridal Path, it's a long road, but there is one $100 million house <laughs> on it. And you're like, okay, that's Drake's house. It's not a big secret. Yeah. A lot of people, everyone like that I spoke to knows where Drake lives because it's just like, it's a hundred million dollar house. Like mm-hmm. it's very difficult to, to hide. Um, so to me, I don't think it's that deep personally.
1: I agree in <laughs> terms of Drake was asked, uh, Kanye was asked in that interview that he did on, on that YouTube channel. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but he was asked about it and he just said, I thought everyone already knew like it's public information kind of or not public information but essentially public information um I mean that's even I mean even more sort of reason to to sort of say that it it's not that deep when he's written that song I didn't didn't quite clock that actually Mm. but I mean yeah personally I thought it was like I I felt like it was an overreaction it was don't get me wrong just kind of weird behaviour from Kanye yeah but but then also
0: like, maybe it, yeah. maybe it's not an overreaction because then if if Drake's only comeback was to release a really good song, mm. then like, is that even like that deeper response? Like, yeah, it's not like one of them massively overdid each other. Kanye released something that was kind of like semi-public information, yeah. and Drake just released like something that was actually quite
1: good for Kanye fans. Yeah. So like, and that was probably going to come out in and the was last probably going to come out
0: in a couple months anyway. So like, yeah. Was there actually that much damage done, I guess? It's true. It's true. I mean, yeah. But then we'll get on to the reconciliation. Big the time. grand reconciliation and then culminating in the recent Larry Hoover Jr. concert. What are your thoughts on them making up?
1: That was special. Yeah? Uh Yeah, really special. I mean, firstly, those photos of the two of them. Uh, was it Drake's house? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it was Drake's house honestly that looked like a kind of high school reunion of like (laughs) almost as if like the biggest legend from like dulwich prep school in cranbrook now with like the biggest legend at you know your dulwich primary school and then it was like like some sort of like school disco and then they were like doing selfies i mean it was so criminal but also at the same time just absolutely hilarious yeah um, and the the quality of the photos they were taken on like a calculator or something like <laughs> it was so right.
0: And then the concert.
1: And then the concert, uh, I really loved. Like oh, yeah. it, i I'll, you know, it, it's it's a special memory. Like everyone wants to see Drake and Kanye. Like the number of people whose favorite artists are Drake and Kanye. Yeah. It's like crazy. they go hand in hand in many ways. Like absolutely. You know it it it's essentially you know. Like what. Jay-Z and Kanye were like 10 years ago isn't that crazy
0: that Kanye's like spanned the two decades when Drake's just on the one
1: well you it, it's it is quite amazing to see that sort of Jay-Z big brother Kanye and you could argue big brother to Drake I mean I know they've not been best friends for a while but to like to a certain extent yeah the influence is there 100% and you know uh yeah I mean just Kanye even though like you know forgot half the lyrics to find your love like it was a great performance and then drake doing 24 24 well. yeah special do you think um, they should have
0: done more of each other's music or done any music together more stuff together
1: if i'm being i would have loved it if they were on stage together more i yeah. would have loved it if they did more of each other's songs yeah but i mean also i uh, to be honest they were kind of there to promote their album and yeah, it was a lovely touch so. to to do each other's songs. Well, no, nice, they were like to free
0: Virginia, Harry.
1: Yeah, but I mean, apart from apart from the clothes, that wasn't really mentioned. <laughs> at all in the concert. But yeah, um, fair enough. Yeah, what did you think of the concert?
0: Yeah, it was really nice. I mean, it made me think. Like, was any of the beef real? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. As
1: in, like, I. It, it makes you question it though, to a certain extent. I think the beef. It depends what you mean by real, because I think it was real. But do you think just do you think it's just like it
0: all to me? Mm-hmm. It would have felt like beef if Drake and Kanye had bumped into each other in public and thrown hands, and like yeah. security had to break them up. But it feels like they just didn't see each other for like two years, and then the first time they see each other at a party, they make up because they were they've always been friends.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But they've ha- always been. Yeah. they've
0: always been close. They didn't see each other for a while. And, and that's when Pusha T happened and Drake's there like, what? The last time I saw Kanye, we were cool and now he's done this. Why is he doing that? And then they don't see each other for two years after that. They just start like, all these little things start to build up and it's like, you don't ever get the chance to like, clear the air. If they yeah. bumped into each other in LA somewhere and then like, gone at each other or like said stuff across and there's like a video of them like getting dragged out being like, I hate you or something yeah. like that. Like that'd be different. But it literally feels like the first time they got they they saw each other at an event they like made up immediately and then do a concert together it's like so like i'm not mean real as in a pr stunt i don't think yeah. it's some big pr stunt to promote their albums but i think it's potentially circumstantial just the fact that like they're just people with big egos that like clashed when they hadn't had a chance to sort it
1: out 100% 100% i mean don't do, do you remember where i don't think kanye really gets into that much big beef though in the sense that mm-hmm. like do you remember when I swear he's had beef with Kid Cuddy, they've made a collab album he's had beef with Jay-Z when Jay-Z didn't rock up at his wedding mm-hmm. they've already they've made a collab album they've made up Um, I think I think Kanye's beef really I mean looking at that history it kind of stems from people that he actually really cares about whereas like maybe that's just the difference between us and uk beef is that like you know when it's like was it heady one and tion wayne no who yeah, was yeah, on the, yeah. the were plane. they were they on the plane yeah. Yeah, yeah i mean that's serious beef uh-huh. that's actually like almost worrying beef, where i don't even want to like i don't well, even I want to contribute Ameri- the
0: to 90s that. american rap beef was legit like oh the, don't get me wrong yeah the, yeah the west coast east coast
1: stuff um but i think maybe nowadays that like when rappers are Especially in the US, like the rock stars, mm-hmm. it's a bit less kind of dangerous. On boots on the ground. Like, you know, yeah, kind of like Stormzy, genuine. Stormzy pulling up in a Lambo tractor chip's yard. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. I mean, maybe less when it's Stormzy. <laughs> he, he's there, like, you just need to put Billy Arlish in front of him. And it, you're like... Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Niche reference.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. That was a good chat about the Carnegie about Reef as well. Yeah, good yeah. Stuff. Yeah, I'm, glad I'm
1: surprised you didn't like the Larry Hoover Junior concert more Or I didn't
0: I didn't not like it I just didn't I actually haven't finished it oh really Fair. it's quite long yeah yeah yeah. Um, I haven't long. finished it yet but um, no I thought it was class when they yeah, were when yeah. they were walking out together to praise God I was there like, that was incredible yeah that was unbelievable and Drake also sounded sick on 24 yeah 100% <laughs> I always forget that I actually do like Drake <laughs> it's easy. just it's, it's easy, easy to to so, it's so easy to forget he just releases so much bad music that i yeah. like oh it's such a shame but but oh. like, I do actually like him as an artist and he is 100%. like in my top artists of all time like definitely oh, it's a shame definitely. big
1: shame yeah and I've spoken to people who are like you know equally fans of Drake and Kanye and they'll be you know I'll ask them like, oh, what do you think of both albums and they'll be like yeah uh, it was a shame about Certified Fight
0: yeah, I think and everyone. Is, thought, I think yeah. a lot of fans thought it was a shame. Like it was good for for two weeks, but like when when the kind of hype thing d- dies down, it's like there's no kind of like substance to dig into. Whereas completely the opposite yeah, of yeah. which yeah. we will talk about later. 100%. Um, but anyway, moving on. Our next topic of conversation, gosh, there a lot. <laughs> our next topic of conversation is the shrinking UK music market. Yeah. Which I find quite interesting. So, just a little bit of statistics to start this off. Um, In the last five years, the UK UK music has gone from 17% to 10% of the global music market. That's a 40% decrease in the last five years. Why do you think that's happened?
1: Well, the only thing that I can really think of is just that, like all the other sort of markets around the world that just seem to be kicking off a bit more. You know. Whether it's really? like K-pop, mm. whether it's like Afrobeat, mm-hmm. um, reggaeton music. Yeah. I completely... Like I, all the, all these, all these genres that are kind of like, you know.
0: So then why, why, why which, isn't the UK, why isn't anything in the UK kicking off like that at all? Because it's not even like it... You, I'm not yeah. expecting the UK to grow its percentage, mm. but to go down forty percent in five years yeah. is significant. And so, why do you think that's like? Why do you think that is happening? Yeah. Well, I think in, when all these other genres and all these other territories are kicking off, as you say.
1: Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. I think I think maybe like I, I, obviously I don't want to like. You know. Like I don't want to sort of because obviously, um, oh, where am I going with this? Uh, I mean, you could make the argument that like the UK's market share is a fairly disproportionate market share in terms <laughs> due of to like its size, due to its size. But also like, and don't get me wrong, like you know the UK has like sculpted music for years and years. But you know, is there an argument where like, oh, maybe it's about time. That, you know, we hear the sounds of whether it's, you know, Korea, Japan, like, you know, Nigeria, Nigeria Colombia, all these, all these countries. Music being global. Music yeah, essentially. The world. But yeah. Also, also like, you know, a lot of, mu- a lot of British music artists have been sort of like taking these sounds, like the best example I'm thinking of is like talking heads like don't get me wrong Talking Heads like one of the best bands of all time and I absolutely love them but like essentially they're taking influences from like Afrobeat and African music that you know at what point should like African countries get a market share off the back of that or or, you know do they deserve potentially a larger market share given the influence of that their music likewise with South America and Africa. Um, and reggaeton and stuff like that that's very nice and you know music that's, from that, all around that's the world it, that's interesting um, but yeah
0: interesting I mean when I think about this I think and I've had this conversation at work quite a lot as well and I think potentially the most uh, the biggest like explainer for it is like our biggest artists in the UK are non exportable if you think Stormzy headlined Glastonbury, our biggest festival, one of our biggest cultural like flag poles mm-hmm. in UK music, Stormzy like doesn't do very well in other countries, especially America. And that's crazy that our biggest artist, most Americans haven't heard of, most Australians won't really like they might know they'll be like oh Stormzy is that that UK guy but they're not like Stormzy he's the one who had the second album heavy as the head with the song Vossiboff on it like it's like same with Dave Dave will headline Glastonbury within the next three years and Americans don't know who he is that's nuts considering before I mean five years ago if you're talking about the UK artist that had come I mean Adele Ed Sheeran, before that, Coldplay, like, and then all the people, like, last century, all those people, massive in America. I mean, that is because of the lack of globalisation and all that of the other territories, but there's no denying that that music was kind of made potentially with America in mind or with other territories in mind, whereas the UK artists now are being way more insular and... Just focusing on a U- on a UK territory and having these massive superstars that can't sell a record in America is actually just nuts.
1: That's really interesting. That's a really interesting point. How do you
0: change that? I mean, is it on the artist to start making more international music? Is it on the uh, is it on the UK music scene to start like looking out a bit more?
1: That that's the one thing I'm thinking is that. You know, if you think about Dave and Stormzy, they came out of Grime, which Uh is a fairly quintessentially UK Uh based genre. But then if you look at Coldplay, Adele, Ed Sheeran, they're working off more of a singer songwriter, ballad, rock inspired sort of genre foundation that, you know, is essentially universal Uh if we're saying, you know, West America, U.S. Agreed. Agreed. And I just wonder whether maybe likewise with drill, like, I mean, drill yeah. has been, I mean, obviously actually, you know, you mentioned last year that originated in Chicago Chicago, yeah. and is now getting pretty big in New York, but you know, I mean, do I see RD <laughs> becoming a household name in America? Yeah, Not in a quadrillion years. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so that's, yeah, yeah, Is it, yeah. It's, yeah.
0: I it's mean, at point. the moment, our biggest superstars, I'd say, are Dua Lipa and Lewis Capaldi. I think those are kind of two in the in their prime modern superstars that will work in America, um, which is great. How but British
1: that's... is Dua Lipa as well, though? Like <laughs> I mean, yeah. in terms of what you lived mean? in America whole, lot, like lived in America since. Yeah, being, a, being an artist, and before that, wasn't she in? Well, yeah, uh, she where was like,
0: she... where's she from? Albania, Kosovo. She's Albania, Albania, Albania yeah. half Albanian, half Kosovan.
1: Oh really? Okay. I think, yeah,
0: and um, and she grew up there. And right? she, well, no, she lived in London for a while. Oh, did she? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's from London. Oh, uh, okay, okay, like But um, she is a good example of someone who obviously makes music with very much with American mind because that's pop music, right? Yeah. But yeah, we can't like, where are the rest of them? Essentially, we've never just had two. Yeah. Artists that have worked in America, even not everyone has to be the biggest star in the world, but like just people who are, who who are good who like have some good songs in America. Yeah, arguably one of the our biggest U S stars at the moment is Pink Panther S Really? Yeah, she she does numbers in America, Fact. streams in America so well. Like it's not just a UK sound; it's really interesting. That's super interesting. Um, how can how can this change? you think
1: it's a good question and uh, you know i'm I, I i do really hope that drilling grime get exported but i mean the only thing is that like for storm stormzy to sort of gain notoriety in the u.s it seems like he just needs to dilute his sound which is a shame it's not what you want to do like if you t- if you think about you know I just don't, I just don't imagine like Wiley's Godfather to be <laughs> you know a banging album in the US yeah like, it was
0: I think that was never going uh, to be but like also Wiley never headlined Glastonbury that's true so it's, it's, true. True. it's like it's true y- you can look at it within its realm of UK rap fine yeah. but when UK rap goes to the platform that it's on at the moment it's got to be able to hit certain you know targets and like milestones as well yeah. which is not really hitting it's hitting some but not all. And I think that's a little bit of a problem just for the UK market generally. Mm. Um, I find it really interesting that there's a drill song on a Kanye West album, but no, no one's heard of Stormzy over there. You know what I mean? Or like, not, not that Stormzy's a drill artist, obviously not, but like Stormzy has the capacity to make drill and I'm sure there will be a drill track on mm. his next album somewhere. Um,
1: I just think in America people think of Pop Smoke when they think of Drill. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I mean, you say there was a Drill track on the Kanye album, but there was also a Pop Smoke interlude. Yeah. Uh, So I just wonder, like, I wonder whether, like, people in America even know that Drill's kicking off in the UK. I mean... Oh, they must do.
0: Yeah. Body works. Body did well in America. (laughs) Fun fact.
1: Really, because Vardy, I'd love to see that kicking off with Ardy. the Americans. Really, you're mm-hmm. joking? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, was that was the lyric that Fair got the, Have You seen the state of my body? <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, interesting. I just wanted to bring that up. And flag it is something to mention with 2022 because I think that, yeah, UK mm-hmm. music is quite insular at the moment. People like, it feels like all of these artists are like fighting for these UK prizes like I want to get a number one song in the UK I want to get a number one album in the UK and then it's like you just zoom out and it's like oh my gosh it's the biggest like like mountain and you realise you're fighting over like a penny like in comparison to the little to the massive massive thing that's beyond just that I find that really interesting yeah 100% Um, and so hopefully that will change basically Really? Yeah, yeah fingers crossed
1: yeah it's interesting one that has that only come up this year yeah really this,
0: this thing came out like, was it, was this it was like an article that came out like f- f- four or five months ago oh
1: uh, okay okay
0: <sighs> interesting. interesting right should we move on yeah so a couple more topics to talk about um I mean we've talked about it a little bit but we'll talk about some more TikTok hmm cementing its legacy so last year we talked about TikTok being the kind of breakout force in the, in the global music scene as being such an influential thing. Um, and it had quite a specific role and I feel like that role has, you know, um, changed in the last year to, to be more in the music industry. And I'd say that now it has become the dominant force in music. Mm. I think that's fair to say. Um, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, I think, What is I think what's most like profound is that I remember you banging on about it last year and I was kind of like on board with it but I hadn't really seen the The evidence the actual evidence for it. Um but Pink Panther S coming through (laughs) actually just like (laughs) knocked me for six in that she's sick, uh she's got a unique sound and it is so TikTok it's a joke. Um and so I think that coming through, I mean, because it, it, you know, it's easy to say like, oh, there are the, it, it's a new avenue for artists, but then if the artists just, you know, sound the same as they did before or aren't very good, like, it's a bit like, well, this is just a new medium for the same thing that's going on. But when it's actually like sculpting the sound in the way that it does feel like it's doing. Um, yeah, so you don't find aggressive. it that
0: interesting about... The kind of song, you don't think it's interesting about seeing pre-existing songs or whatever blowing up on TikTok. It's more about the stuff that is inherent to the platform itself. 100%. You don't no. think so. For, but like TikTok also defines which songs by artists that already exist, defines mm-hmm. which one's the big song. Yeah. Like, for example, let me think quickly. Uh, Doja Cat has been around for five years mm-hmm. um, as an artist. And has reached an A-list level and is one of the biggest artists in the world now because of TikTok. Because, pretty much purely because of TikTok. She's had probably seven, eight songs in the last two years that have been massive on TikTok. And as a result, now she's a massive artist. It's just like, A plus B equals C. Mm.
1: Like, it's as simple as that. Uh,
0: Thoughts?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I I guess it's the, yeah, it's like... The other, so the two working opposite to each other in opposite directions. But yeah, I think I find the first one more interesting, personally. Mm. Um, mainly just because I think the influence of TikTok in terms of what what becomes popular. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think, I don't think TikTok com- has a great formula, inverted commas, as to deciding what's good music. Whereas for some reason I do think what's quite interesting is like the music that's created almost like through TikTok as a kind of like cultural medium, um, in the same way that like *Pink Panther has like popularity through TikTok rather than like popularity by TikTok, if that makes sense. I'm trying to you know. I know what you, mean. Um, what you mean. But I. Maybe that's just because I don't really like Doja Cat that much. But, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to... Yeah, I'll take, equally, I'll, take a, I'll take another example yeah. then.
0: I think one thing I find really interesting about TikTok is that... You say that it doesn't have a good formula in creating good music, but I actually disagree with that completely. I think huh? that it gives a platform to music that doesn't, you know, fit in within the, the normal realms of commercial music and gives it space and gives it time. You know, back in the day when there's like all radio... The radio DJs had a specific brief of the kind of music they would play, and they would play a certain kind of song. Whereas now, TikTok, no one decides but the fans, and therefore it's quite an accurate reflection of what people want to listen to. I find it really interesting. <laughs> this might be the only time I mention him in this podcast, but Sam Fender, um, on his song 17 Going Under, had a viral TikTok kind of a part of that song went viral on TikTok, and that led that song to being a top 10. UK single. The only reason that song got in the top 10, it, it had been out for months. And because of a viral TikTok trend, the song got in the top 10 in the UK. That's mental. And that is the least TikTok sounding music you can think yeah. of. But that's a really good example of, you know, the music that is pre existing, but then yeah. can still find success through TikTok.
1: That's interesting. Okay. I can get on board with that even though I don't necessarily love Sam Fender, but as in, like, <laughs> I, I get on board with the idea that it's sort of the democratisation of what uh-huh. becomes popular. Yeah. Which is weird, given if something's popular that's democratic in, it, in itself. But at least it's, like... Not always. I mean, it's less got, if radio... It's less
0: t- tastemakery, I guess. Yes.
1: Um, and, yeah, I like that. I think, I think mainly, to be fair, my hesitation was potentially based on you know i think in the past there's been a lot of chat i know you've said it around like shrinking intros shortening of songs like condensing I like things was, i feel like but that's maybe such that's a not, 2020
0: thing that's not like so I, I was looking back at the notes i made on tiktok for the podcast last year and yeah. it was all talking about that shrinking intros don't bore us get to the chorus all those kind of things yeah. whereas i feel like that's so 2020 yeah like so that's such a last year mentality and this year it's changed completely
1: yeah you think like, people are being more creative in terms of what they're using for the TikToks and stuff? Just feel like people... Or- yeah,
0: rather than... Yeah, I feel like last year we didn't really understand the, the limits of the platform and this year like we've got a better understanding of it, essentially. It's not just about creating something for TikTok, it's about using TikTok to your advantage and spinning something that you've created to work on TikTok. Just Sam Fender. Sam Fender did not compromise or put a lyric in there to work on TikTok. Yeah. He was just telling a really honest story about his relationship with his dad or whatever. And the lyric that went on TikTok is, um, I was, f- uh, it says, I was far too scared to hit him, but I would hit him in a heartbeat now. And it's like a really nice bit of the song. Oh, yeah. I do um, know that lyric. Yeah. You know that <laughs> lyric? Yeah. And it completely connected with all of the like domestic abuse, like survivors on TikTok. And they were all making videos telling their stories about their, their history of domestic abuse. And then that's what kind of helped the song Become popular and then Sam Fender has now like donated a bunch of money to like domestic abuse charities and he's got a top ten single and like That's just beautiful. feels like a really good use of the platform. Oh wow! Shedding light on issues and allowing people to express.
1: Why doesn't that come up on my TikTok? Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he's just <laughs> getting videos be- of Addison Rae to her. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> god <laughs> that's not true it's a good <laughs> <laughs> but you, uh, yeah brilliant. like brilliant. yeah
0: so so do you think tiktok oh. is a good or bad thing for the music industry as a whole
1: i i think for the most part it's pretty good yeah mainly because uh i think my worst nightmare is to sound like that you know, jaded old person who's like, the world's gone apart. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll probably keep saying stuff like that. Are you going to get late. on board then? Um, I, ju- I mean... <laughs> 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 a me, no? As as in like, I mean... Oh, gosh. Am I going to spend a lot more time on it? Not really. I don't think so. As in, as in currently in my position i i it's just not gonna add a whole lot to my life but equally i'm not against people that do use it and i think i think if anything if if it's an avenue and a medium for new creators then i'm all for it to be honest um and as long as i you know if it starts going if it starts becoming a thing where the music that comes out is suddenly like TikTok exclusive, and it's now like there's a TikTok streaming side yeah, yeah. that I can only listen to music because these artists uh-huh. are only using TikTok, and it's like a new form of like underground SoundCloud or something. Uh-huh. Then yeah, I'll 100% pile in because that that sounds great. Uh, but if you know artists are blowing up on TikTok and then it's sort of reflected, then I can listen to full songs and full albums. True, but then in Spotify, also then yeah,
0: like great. I feel like. There's a lot of TikTok songs, and I'm not coming for you, here, but I'm kind of coming for you. Yeah, yeah, There's a lot of, like, songs that you won't have heard of that are, like, really popular this year that you haven't heard of. And, like, to what extent do, like, that's because your, as you said, your social media bubble doesn't kind of cover that, I guess. To what extent do you, are you comfortable with that? Are you, do you feel like you have a responsibility to... Make more effort to even just find out the stuff like on the other side, like the other side mm-hmm. of it, um, to retrospectively look at what has been popular on TikTok or,
1: like, yeah, that's it's a good question, and you know I don't deny necessarily like the interesting thing is if a, if a tick as you say if a TikTok song blows up. It rises in the charts, and therefore that's kind of reflected in what is sort of played outside of TikTok. And if it gets to a point where there's this, you know, whole I think uh, it depends how big the sort of cultural movement of TikTok gets. Where if it does get to a point where, you know, my understanding and appreciation of music gets completely compromised, then yes, I think I probably would pile into it more. But I don't feel like currently now it is to to the extent that that it concerns me too much um, in the sense that i do feel like
0: if you didn't have you know, me feeding you important information about
1: tiktok and the yeah well that's a, that's that's then that but you know that's hypothetical you do exist and you do feed me all the information so. <laughs> yeah you're welcome uh, the thing is the thing is if i didn't have you i probably wouldn't know that i'm missing out so then i probably wouldn't bother <laughs> That's so, probably true. We, so well, so it's kind then of you like, become
0: like Anna Bresley. who's never heard
1: of <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo. I tell you, what, if I ever get to that point, yeah, shout out H P. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Anna. About two weeks ago, she. Okay, oh my god! Tell us yeah. the story. Well, she, she didn't know what uh, driver's license was. The song was potentially one of the biggest songs of the year. Yeah. Um, but you yeah. know, it's interesting. We can't all be perfect.
0: We can't all be perfect. So finally on this, uh, do you think TikTok is here to stay or is it still a flash in the pan?
1: No, I think it's here to stay. I'd be absolutely gobsmacked if it, if it. I mean, I'm not sure, I'm not necessarily saying it's going to become like a kind of part of like, almost like the foundations of society in the sense that Facebook is in that like, you know, it's like taking over the whole world. I'd be surprised if TikTok isn't still around in five years but we'll see we'll see what do you think? yeah I think
0: it's interesting yeah but I also think it's already bigger than Facebook
1: and what in terms of like what the amount of users is it? like it's getting there yeah and like the the,
0: yeah I feel like you're undervaluing how massive it is
1: yeah fair enough my view Oh, well, I'm just thinking of like Facebook in terms of like the amount of people that have Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram. Yeah, yeah. As oh, a, yeah. As, as oh a, you mean
0: Facebook is in the company? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, in
1: terms of, like and you know this whole new Meta that I say, oh yeah, it's gosh. gonna take off or take over a whole lives. Like I don't, oh, I don't know, as far as I'm aware, TikTok isn't that level, but yeah, um, we'll see. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Very interesting.
0: Cool. All right. That is really cool. That was a good chat as well. Gosh, we're nailing this. Yeah, how
1: how 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 far are we through? (laughs) An hour and twelve minutes. Okay, that's good.
0: That's good. Cool. We'll try and finish this one in an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we'll take a much needed break. (laughs) Big time. Um, okay. So next topic. Um, I'm gonna pass over to you for a little bit, but I've labelled it. The Gen Z sound, an expression of teen angst from the bedroom. Gosh, that comes straight from TikTok. Like that's a that's a great,
1: big time. That's a great link.
0: Um, so yeah the Gen Z sound an expression of teen angst from the bedroom part one rock slash punk rock slash guitar music
1: Harry big time what are your thoughts so I think over the past few years um, we've had sort of a rise not a rise but we've had like a steady underlying amount of rock music that I don't think has sort of like taken anyone by a huge amount of surprise I don't think like Rock has been on the decline, but, you know, it's by no way out of the picture. Mm. Um, It's been sort of taken over by rap, I'd say, is like the biggest genre, certainly in the UK and US. Um, But essentially, this year, in my opinion, mainly in the UK, but also in the US, there have been a huge number of rock, more specifically punk rock and post-punk, that has essentially blown up in the past few past year i mean so last year we had um idols sort of kicking off with a huge album king crawl as well but this year we've had squid we've had black country new road horsey idols came out with another new album shame came out with their second album ice age a band from denmark post-punk band coming out with a, with a pretty successful punk album then across the pond we've had i mean willow smith out of absolute nowhere coming out with a sort of pop punk album we've had machine gun kelly i mean i hate machine gun kelly yeah he's an awful musician <laughs> but equally he's getting some huge support and then we've had artists you know probably i'd say more Pop artists coming out and showing influences from pop-punk. So we've got like Olivia Rodrigo um, with songs like Good For You and Brutal. And mm-hmm. then Billie Eilish with her title track being a sort of emo, punk, rock opus. Also, I'll add um, to that, um,
0: Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber, Stay.
1: Yeah, yeah, that pop punk too. Pop-punk banger. Um, and <clears throat> I mean, I personally think it's pretty undeniable that there's been a huge rise in, in this sound mm. over the past year. Um, I mean, if you look back at the, the sort of origins of punk rock mm. came out of the seventies in the UK when, I mean, the country was essentially into of dire straits, um, do you think that there's a specific reason as to the rise in in punk rock in the uk i mean i could you make the argument that you know we've had the tories in power for 10 years there's been austerity that has sort of been pretty devastating to a lot of a lot of people and you know, now with the pandemic making sort of compounding these things that we're in a situation where this sort of combative genre can thrive, or do you reckon it's just sort of another musical trend that gets recycled in the same way that, you know, eighties pop music gets recycled? Um no, I think
0: it's the first one. I definitely think it's I definitely think it's the first one, yeah. I think that, um, especially with the youth of today I think what everyone searches for is is aesthetics. Everyone is just trying to grasp an aesthetic, mainly because they've not been in the world and therefore haven't really been able to form their own. So they're looking for where else can they find these kind of things to attach their personalities to, essentially. Mm. Um, And I think that, like, the kind of the shared identity of what you know the original punk rockers um, were thinking versus what the youth of today are thinking I think there's quite a strong marriage with that um, and I think within pop music too um, so yeah I definitely think it's the first one like the, the second one I think that yeah uh, you know musical trends happen all the time but um, in the words of Alex Turner like rock will never die or whatever yeah. he
1: said he did say that he did say that um, it ebbs and flows. What's the quote? It, it He says something like it comes back from the sludge <laughs> or something like that. It recedes back into the sludge and then comes back out yeah. again. Something rogue like that. There you go. Weird so, guy.
0: I, Yeah, I don't think it's just another musical trend. I think it's like shared
1: cultural identity. Do you think that... How long do you think it'll stick around for?
0: Oh, I reckon we've got a good... I reckon we've got a good couple of years. Um... um even just the last three months at work, really talking about way more bands, mm-hmm. not just punk rock, but like rock in all its form, like indie rock coming back. Um,
1: that was going to be my follow up. Is... All, all
0: sorts of rock, I yeah, mean, Sam Fender esque rock, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff coming through, and also working on TikTok. There's mm-hmm. um, there's another track that's doing really well at the moment from a band called Crawlers, who are from Liverpool, mm-hmm. female-led band like indie kind of rock band. Um, Who're really good, yeah. got a really good song, um, and they're now like a big thing for twenty twenty two. Yeah, talk about Wet Leg, mm-hmm. another band, female fronted band, came out this year with amazing music from the UK. Like, mm-hmm. it's happening. Fair play. Bands mm-hmm. like sports teams selling out Brixton Academy. Like, maybe it's time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean. Do you think that, you know, guitar music has had its day and that it you know, it should sort of continue to recede back or do you think that it'll sort of inevitably just keep coming back and forth in the same way that, so that Alex Turner says? I mean, or, I think
0: uh, guitar music, to say guitar music is going to go away is like saying piano music's going to go away. It just doesn't guitar. feel like that yeah, could ever yeah. happen, you know? The guitar's mm. probably the second most fundamental instrument in popular music history after the piano. Yeah. And, uh, so I don't think it can ever like go away. I just think it will slightly be tweaked about how it gets used Mm -hmm. and get used in a different way to represent this generation, but it will still be guitar music. And I think a lot of the sonic aesthetics will still carry through. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that, yeah, it's not going anywhere. Nice. Nice. But it's. I think even within that, it's like um, there's got to be a song. There's got to be a band yeah. that comes through with a song. Like, you can have a lot of cool aesthetics and, you know, vibey albums and whatnot. But if you don't have an Arctic Monkeys with a track like Baylor Gun on Dance Floor, mm-hmm. if you don't have, like, a massive British band coming through with an absolute cultural banger, mm-hmm. a blur, an oasis, or whatever, you're not going to... It's not going to... That's the thing. ...create a scene. It's just going to mm-hmm. be bubbling underground forever. Yeah. And it's going to It's gonna take someone, as in a band probably, or a mm-hmm. person, to take it back to the mainstream.
1: For sure. And then, on that note, my sort of last question on it. Um, and then, because... I mean, essentially if you think about some of the artists that I mentioned and this artist that you've mentioned, it does seem like the bigger artists are taking that sound, whether it's like Billie Eilish or Olivia Rodrigo Mm. and taking that sound and not for better or for worse, but are just essentially using potentially songwriting that's sort of always been there, whether Mm -hmm. it's about love, breakup, um, Heartbreak, and using that sound to kind of, you know, reflect their sort of anxiety on those topics, compared to sort of, you know, a more traditional form where it is a, you know, very much more a critique on society, yep. etc. Do you think there's a space in the mainstream for that kind of style of punk, or do you think it's always going to be quite difficult for that to exist? Well, I
0: mean, I mean. I'll translate it back to rap for a second. Mm -hmm. Well, like you take pop punk. It's not like, it's not like they're calling Billie Eilish punk. or Olivia Rodrigo punk or whatever. It's It's still called pop punk. Yeah. Um, in the mainstream, like Kendrick Lamar makes comments on society within rap music, but he's not necessarily pop rap. There are, "Quote unquote pop rappers mm-hmm. who do rap music more commercially than Kendrick Lamar does. Yeah. Um. So and if Kendrick Lamar can operate in the mainstream, while well, without being super super commercial and su- I mean he is obviously massively commercial, yeah. but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. While still being as credible as Kendrick Lamar is, mm-hmm. and not just you know creating more generic pop songs with the, the the goals of Mm -hmm. like social criticism or pop punk or whatever over the top like I think um, I think there's definitely room in the mainstream but it takes a superstar yeah and that is down to the individual their character not just how and their talent really their talent their personality their voice their vibes their aesthetic like that will take a superstar Mm
1: -hmm. but I'm Mm -hmm. sure they're out there yeah we'll see we'll see I mean all those artists that I feel like I mentioned are definitely not you know, reaching that level of acclaim, and it definitely feels like it's a bit more of a Underground fairly London centric, yeah, or not necessarily London centric, but just sort of like UK centric. Well, Girl in Red's really them, interesting at the moment. At the moment, Girl, she and is Red, really interesting.
0: Girl in Red, similarly using the sound or like, mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. is a bit. She's a bit more kind of. She's somewhere in between the kind of, you know, London centric or UK centric punk band thing, and. The Billie Eilish and Olivia Rodrigo side of it. She's Mm. kind of somewhere in the middle. Still very Gen Z, but like still really authentic and really raw. And maybe that's someone to keep an eye on and see where their career kind of takes them in the next couple of years.
1: And to be fair, you touched on a good point in the fact that, you know, how do you define punk? It's pretty, even as genres go, in terms of defining, it's pretty hard. Mm. And that, you know, I think certain artists will just go off and there'll be touches of punk here and there and uh, um you know we'll see i think guess we'll Uh, see but yeah
0: so that's part one of the gen z sound and expression of teen angst from the bedroom indeed and we'll talk about part two now which is about um the influence of more uh, traditional british rave music coming back indeed in the form of drum and bass and garage music um which is crazy. I actually can't believe that this has happened. Like, who would have thought that like drum and bass would be like popular at the moment within like sixteen year old girls? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, so obviously And like, and us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think with with the with the drum and bass and garage sound, a lot of this has been sparked by Pink Panther who we've already mentioned, um, as being an artist who has Kind of taking these sounds and re-imagine, reimagined them with a kind of bedroom pop gloss over them um, which is really interesting and i think she's amazing and so creative but i also think what's interesting is you get artists like i can't even mention him again but rd um who is having some really serious uk hits right now by taking you classic uk garage samples flipping them into drill beats and making a track for example he's got a track in the top well it wasn't the top five before Christmas um called flowers which sampled sweet female attitude flowers and it's a massive record um and he's had ones he had a, he had one with Digger D earlier that sampled t2 heartbroken and uh there have been a few this year that have kind of um been and it's kind of reintroducing those British classics to the, the new generation. Um, do you think linking it back to part one? Do you think it's happening for the same reasons, in a world in a world that these kids just want to get out and express themselves, uh, and they're feeling like they can't, or do you think it's just another trend thing?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I think it's definitely inspired by. Uh, well, on on sort of what you was saying i feel like it is inspired by an inability to get out like it's in the in the sense that you know rave music and garage music comes out of being at raves it's the it's sort of the equivalent of that but you're not at a rave you're in your bedroom Mm -hmm. so i think it definitely i don't think it's it's a trend where you know some people are like Ooh, I've heard, I've heard of these raves and these, this garage music and this dubstep music. I'm gonna flip it and use it now. I think, I think it is definitely a, a product of the environment. Um, that's undeniable. But I think just what's interesting is how good it sounds. Mm. Um, it's like sub I, I feel like it's one of those sort of things that if you'd have described it in 2020 and you said, "Oh, this is going to be the next trend." I don't think I would have been that gassed to hear what that's like. (laughs) Uh, And yet it seems to, it really does. And it's sort of light Mm. and yeah, just really listenable um, and super exciting.
0: I agree. So do you think that this is um, like, again, here to stay or do you think it's gonna like fizzle or do you think that there's room to grow? Do you think it's already reached
1: its peak? That's the thing. I really hope it's here stay because I'd love to hear some more artists that have got more say about it. And I mean, you know, I think artists have still, like, I really hope that current artists also kind of like see the trend and use it. Because I mean, obviously like Who's an
0: artist from, let's say from the UK that you'd like to see kind of dipping into that a little bit?
1: Well, I mean, because obviously Pink Panther S teamed up with Muramasa. I wouldn't mind, and he did a great job on that track. Yeah. And I I wouldn't mind him sort of as as a kind of producer, artist, kind yeah. of, you know, trying out something like that. 100%. Um, I feel like he, it, he, that's got a
0: natural choice as well.
1: And yeah, obviously, like, also grime as well, like, as a genre, kind of comes off the back of, like, being an MC at a rave, yeah, very true. That
0: comes out of garage culture and all that garage kind of stuff. Culture,
1: so that that I mean, I don't. That, that's the thing. I don't. Maybe that's a match made in heaven. It might be a match made in hell, given yeah. that grime is very like sort of a bit more like in your face, yeah. high tempo, sort of art form. So it might just like be a bit of a clash when it's sort of that chilled out mm. sort of vibe. So maybe that's that's not good. Maybe a bit more of a like R and B sound over the top. Mm. Which I guess is kind of what uh, Pink Panther S is more so, sort of yeah, spoken word pop type thing. Um, really interesting, but yeah, I'd like maybe an B artist over the top or like a kind of that'd be nice neo soul type thing. Um, that but yeah, be. what about you? Any artists?
0: Just thinking, um, I think there are probably a few artists that could could benefit. I think someone like Mahalia could be interesting going on what you're saying in an R&B lane I think Mahalia's released quite a few singles this year and none of them have really hit how they've expected they've been quite high budget R&B pop songs that just aren't really connecting mm-hmm. which is a shame because you know they're clearly a lot of effort gone into them and I, I think they're quite good um, but they're just not really hitting the mark whereas I think that for her who's someone who's so likeable and her fans are really engaged in her as an mm-hmm. artist I think they would follow her to those kind of genres. And if she were to do like a feature thing to kind of introduce herself in the world, like Mahalia and Pink Panther that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely space for it. So watch this space, I guess.
1: What about like Georgia
0: Smith or something? Georgia? Yeah. I think the, I think the the, the problem with someone like Georgia, Georgia got quite a heavy voice. And I think with that, with the genre, it needs a bit of like lightness and and playfulness with it. that I don't necessarily think Georgia has, but, um, I mean, she can try. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Georgia would benefit from, from a bit more is going a bit more on the African wave. She put out yeah. a track and that's <clears throat> Hammer Piano Influence this year, which is uh, not that great, but I think that she has the potential to do some stuff with Wizkid and mm-hmm. Burner Boy. More stuff because she's already worked with Burner Boy, but, um, but really kind of lean into that a little bit. And in the same way that kind of Thames has, but without being cultural appropriation yeah. I think she can do it yeah there's she... a way there's something in there yeah but yeah. Um, but yeah I think Mahalia would be I think she'd be really
1: good yeah Um. so yeah what about um? what happened to Nao this year
0: put out an album
1: I know because I saw that and I remember listening to it mm-hmm. maybe once but yeah. uh, what did you think uh, just out of interest
0: yeah and not not a massive fan to be honest that's a shame Meh, that's a shame yeah
1: were you excited about
0: um, Yeah, I think... I think... Naya's so just kind of lost touch a little bit with yeah. where music is. It doesn't feel as current as it was. When I first heard her about her in 2015, yeah. I was like, wow, this is really kind of interesting and new. And then she put out an album, I was like, sweet. And then it kind of felt like music moved on yeah. quite quickly.
1: God, the pace of change. Eh? Yeah. Christ. Yeah.
0: But yeah.
1: Cool. Good chat. Gosh,
0: we're nailing this. Literally. Gosh. Okay, the last topic that I have um, is one for you as well, mm-hmm. which is called The Death of Hyperpop.
1: Unreal. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> Talk to <laughs> me, So, Harry. I mean, is it worth doing an intro of what Hyperpop is? Ooh, little one. Just Oh, a little, a little one. one. Uh, we, we, we've got to
0: see it. We can't patronise the fans.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, because, well, I remember you did, you did a little intro on um, Drill, what Drill was last year. Mm. Um, well, so... But yeah, a little Anyway, bit. for those that don't know, yeah. um, hyperpop okay. is essentially a genre born sort of out of the mid-2010s, so it's really recent. Um, and it's kind of, I'd say, characterised by, I would say, oversaturated electronic production, blaring bass lines, and sort of traditionally very, like... Pitched up vocals to the point of like essentially sounding fairly ridiculous and caricature ish <laughs> um, with songwriting that is, you know, very surface level, as sort of undeep as possible, <laughs> uh, and it sort of thrives in the idea that you know songs are essentially meant to be a gut instinct and a gut feeling and you shouldn't really think about them too much um and essentially it was kind of pioneered by the likes of producers like sophie ag cook easy fun and they had artists like hannah diamond um on on the sort of vocal front um and it was a fairly sort of underground thing. I think initially people sort of didn't really take it seriously. Um, and those that did sort of probably did it in a very post ironic way. Um, but the artists themselves actually, interestingly, like have kind of basically backed themselves of being like, no, it's a, it's a sincere sort of aim. Um, and, and then it sort of kicked off when essentially Charlie X E X, who at the time what had spent a few years and done a couple of albums trying to basically be a mainstream pop artist and had done pretty well, had written for the likes of Iggy Azalea and had made some massive pop bangers, but equally had absolutely zero credibility as an artist. Uh, and so she started hopping on tracks with Sophie and A.G. Kirk and has basically become the sort of flag bearer of the genre. And she re- has released four back to back albums, Number One Angel, Pop 2, Charlie, and How I'm Feeling Now, which have all sort of grown exponentially in popularity and has kind of brought the brought the genre to the mainstream. Um, and now you've got artists like 100 Gex and Caroline Perlachek sort of taking the genre to sort of new, new realms. Um, and so I would say at the end of 2020, hyperpop was looking like a pretty massive genre. Mm. Um, and it looked like, you know, it was there to, to sort of conquer the world. Um, but 2021 doesn't, doesn't really seem like it's gone to plan. Um, well, So firstly, at the start of the year, tragically, um, Sophie actually passed away. Um, she was on a night out in Greece, um, and had an accident and died. No way. Yeah. I have no yeah. idea about how she died. Um, at like four in the morning. Oh wow. Um. And so, that was obviously a massive hit, sort of globally. There you know, there are given Sophie had worked with like Kendrick Lamar yeah. and like Vince Staples, and you know, a, a huge array just as as sort of a producer that. Mm. Has sort of hopped on loads of tracks, um, and has one of the uh, sort of is a Grammy-winning artist with from uh, twenty eighteen. So that was a huge shock to the industry in general, as well as it was to 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 the genre. Um, But obviously, the genre suffered from as a result. And then later on, Charlie XeX essentially came out. Uh, with a, has come out with a couple of singles to promote her new album and it just is pretty abundantly clear that she, not not that obviously anyone sort of should be expected to just continue on a genre um, like everyone's got their own right to like artistic mm-hmm. uh, movement and to explore different genres but it's it's sort of fairly clear that she's sort of done with the genre and she's going down a sort of more 80s inspired theme for her new album Meanwhile, there just haven't been any any other big albums. I mean, in the pipeline, we do have a Caroline Perlachek album for next year and a 100 Gex album for next year, we presume, given a couple of singles have come recently. Mm. But it's pretty clear that their flag bearer has um, sort of hopped off the trend. Um, so my question to you is... Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that hyperpop is on its way out? Do you think it's going to sort of mold into a new sort of different form and just become something completely different? Or do you think that there, you know, there's sort of, there's sort of a place for hyperpop in, in a 2021, post 2021 world, post pandemic world?
0: Um, I definitely think there's a place for hyperpop as a genre, I think we've, there've been Um, moments this year that have shown a little bit of uh, life for uh, the genre I'm thinking of a track by an artist called El Yotto called Sugar Crash that was really popular on TikTok earlier in the year Um, so I guess I'm unsure whether (coughs) Hyperpop needs to have you know a flag bearing album artist Mm -hmm. or can it be a bit more not disposable but like a bit less about the artist a bit more about the songs and just Mm. like similar to what your intro said like don't overthink it just like this is a banger never heard of a person before but who cares it's a banger like do, do you need to attach a lot of meaning to the artist that is um is um you know making it or not i'm not sure basically but um i think it would be interesting i definitely think there are there are some more kind of like big pop songs and there's always the potential for that but i also think it's interesting that um for me, when I think of hyper pop, I find the connection to the LGBT community like undeniable. Mm-hmm. And recently I feel like the LGBT community has been had had their attention elsewhere musically and it's more on your kind of Lady Gaga going into Rina Sawayama, going into kind of that side of glossy pop side rather than hyperpop specifically feels like that's just a bit more where the market's at and maybe that's been a, a contributing factor to why hyperpop isn't isn't working because even when we were to see Rena and we were waiting for the um for her to come on and the dj was playing tracks they put on good ones and everyone seemed to love it and good ones just isn't hyperpop but it very much fits in with that more kind of Glitzy, glammy, glammy, gla- glamorous, um, glossy pop world. Um, maybe that's just where the market's at, yeah. And maybe that's where <clears throat> the fans, what the fans want to hear these days. I yeah.
1: Don't know. Yeah, I think I think I agree. And also, the more I think about it, the more I think about how how highly specific hyperpop is, mm. and if you look at the, new, the sort of new artists that are coming through like 100 Gecs or Caroline Polachek mm. like they they are taking hyperpop into a different route which are, you know sort of begins to sort of question whether it is actually hyperpop in mm. the in the sense that 100 Gecs like bringing in more sort of organic guitar instrumentation and sort of starting to sound a bit more like, a, like what you could argue is like a hyperpop punk band mm-hmm. and then Caroline Polachek you know, sort of slowing things down, sort of bridging the gap almost to like s- sort of sound like a mix between a hyper artist and Lana Del Rey at points, <laughs> like even though you know you wouldn't put Lana Del Rey a million years, you know, a million miles from hyper pop. So, yeah, I do, I do wonder. And you know, Rena toured with um, Charlie, and so there's you know a slight influence there mm. um, but yeah I think you know I, I I do wonder whether it's the end of the world if if it kind of dies out and whether there's a sort of limit do you I think, do you think I it think, can evolve I think in the same way that like trap can evolve or like any other rock genre. can evolve yeah. or do you think it is a bit of a bubble and I it's think just gonna that
0: will be most dependent not on the artists and what they decide to do but the producers mm-hmm. I think it's going to be uh, A.G. Cook's and Dylan Brady's that kind of take it yeah. from A to B um, and start and just start experimenting with new things. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that will be or where that will come from, but I think that's where it will stem from. I don't think mm-hmm. it will be necessarily like the artists to, to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it, I think any genre has the potential to evolve. Yeah. I don't think anything is so stuck in its ways. Um, Hyperpop is quite specific. Like, it's got quite specific criteria, so maybe if it did evolve, people would stop seeing it as hyper-pop and more as, like, a branch of the glitzy, glossy pop that we were talking Hmm. about. Um, But maybe not. Who knows? But I think it has the potential to evolve.
1: I've got one final question. Go on. Which is, uh, we did have one interesting EP come out by an artist that you could argue, you could very much make the argument comes from a sort of position of lacking in critical acclaim that Charlie originally came on came from, except I would, you could argue this this artist is is epitomizes that but on steroids, and that artist is Rebecca Black.
0: Oh gosh,
1: <laughs> how did I forget? Do you think that you know? It, it, could you make the argument that Rebecca Black is arguably the quintessential hyper-pop artist that could, you know, be adopted by these producers or not really?
0: I mean, it's down to her ambition I guess. Yeah. I haven't heard the EP, but I've heard the the remix.
1: Um, yeah, that's not on That's not on the EP to be fair. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and if the remix is anything to go by, then maybe (laughs) that's the thing Um, Um, we'll see I think Rebecca Black's a good example she's got a good platform she's very connected to the Gen Z culture she's great
1: I guess (laughs) Um, I don't really know did you just say Rebecca Black's great yeah she is great yeah she is great
0: I um, <laughs> think we're two hours into this episode so no one will listen this one yeah far. that's a good point um, but yeah um, but no that's really interesting um, do I think Rebecca Black's going to be the one I don't know man it just depends on the songs like yeah, I sound like such a true. record label dickhead there but like it just yeah, literally yeah. depends if she's got the ambition and if she writes good songs I don't think it will be straight hyperpop like how I'm feeling now is mm. I don't mm. think it'll be that I think it will blend into all of this Gen Z sound stuff that we're talking about yeah I think that's that's probably more likely is that the hyper pop blends with the kind of popular um, kind of glitchy rap music even or pop yeah. music that we see on TikTok all the time and then they create this new Baby genre. Who knows what it will be. And who knows who will come up with it. I like it. Mm.
1: Sounds good. Good stuff. Nice. Is that everything? I think I've have we everything. got. everything. Oh, we've, we've done all the topics. That's all the topics. Do you have any more? I don't have any more. No. Wow. It only took two hours. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so. Genius. um, We will end this uh, section. With a game, because oh, yes. that oh. is gonna be fun. I forgot that, fun. Um, I forgot yeah, that so, was in this section. Yeah, so basically, um, thanks for listening to this point. If you're still here, um, we really appreciate you. Uh, and yeah, so last year we did a game. Harry made a game for me to play, and I very much enjoyed it. Um, and it was its own episode of the podcast. Whereas this game, this this time, the game's a bit shorter, so we're just gonna blend it into this episode of the podcast. Um, so yeah. Um, Harry, over to you to explain the game.
1: Perfect. So, what I've done is I've got seven artists who, just checking, all released music this year. They're all rappers, and I've given them a scorecard. And based on that scorecard, Zach has to guess who the artist is and if he doesn't get it first time Mm -hmm. he gets a bonus lyrical clue as to to help him out see for that artist the clue doesn't isn't a lyric specifically from this year but it's from Uh, their entire score um
0: do are you gonna give me their whole scorecard or am i gonna like say a category and you tell me what it is and i try and figure it out like
1: Ooh, I was going to give the scorecard. As in everything? Everything. Okay. And then you were going to guess. All right. But okay. we, we can do it whichever way. Let's do it like that. Let's do like um, that. So, number one. Okay. Birthday. 23rd of February. <laughs> okay. Flow, nine. Lyrics. Sorry, these are out of ten, right? Yeah, out of okay, ten. Okay. Lyrics, nine. Legacy, three. Oh. Temperature, nine. What's temperature? Whether they... Bring the heat, you know. <laughs> 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 you know the temperature on the radio. Yeah, so okay. Like, out of ten, obviously. And number of classic albums, zero. Twenty-third
0: oh. of February, Flow nine, Lyrics
1: Nine,
0: Impact Three.
1: Yeah. Influence three. Um You can guess. I can also do like uh geography. Gender type kind of breakdown if if you need
0: if you need more. I'm assuming they're a black male. Okay. Is that true? No. Oh it's not. <laughs> yeah. Um Oh gosh. Um oh that's thrown me. I I thought I had it, but I don't. Um
1: I would like a clue, please. Do you want the lyrical clue? I like the lyrical clue. See God, when you look me in my eyes, mm. learn from Ye, then went and touched the sky. There's also an N word at the, at the end of both of those yeah, lines. Yeah, I obviously. thought
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. That is
1: a little Sims. Perfect. Good. Also, I think maybe we should have a discussion post each one as to whether you agree with my scores.
0: Okay, cool. I don't think her birthday's on the twenty. <laughs> you sure? No, that was, that was a
1: joke. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did this pretty quick. <laughs> I could be wrong. Um,
0: um, um, do I agree? Flow 9, Lyrics 9, Impact 3, Heat. I'd probably give Bring the Heat to an 8.
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Especially with this album, yeah, to be fair. The, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Um, and that's probably the only alteration I'd make. Like Wait, were there any other things? Flow Lyrics? Classic heat, Albums. Tend- oh, zero. Classic Albums, Zero. Ooh, is that harsh?
1: That is harsh, potentially. I mean... Is, is Grey it a Area a classic?
0: classic? In the global Probably. scheme of things? In the UK scheme of things? Even that,
1: though. like, I, I would argue Simbi is more of a classic. Oh, uh, yeah. In terms well, of, like... I, no, no one, I don't remember people putting Grey Area at the top in their albums of the year.
0: Oh, are you joking? Do you think? Everyone put at Grey Area... What, like... It was at the end of every, like... Publication. Oh really? Oh fair.
1: I always, I vaguely thought it was underappreciated. No, it was definitely appreciated. (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure I was the the only one that liked it, Zach. Yeah, that's why Fantana put it as his album of the year, isn't it? Um, Yeah, but Fantana is different. (laughs) Different cat. Um,
0: Okay. Okay. So fair enough. All right. On to number two. Birthday, eighth of June birthday's really not helpful I don't know why you looked all those up
1: (laughs) flow seven lyrics nine influence ten heat nine classic albums seven (laughs) I mean that's got to be Kanye yeah (laughs) (laughs) what what other artists could have Um, seven classics Uh, do you want to hear the lyrical clue uh yes we used to do The Freak like seven days a week. Oh, yeah. The best collab since, since Taco Bell KFC. KFC. That's from Lord I Need You, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Banger. Um, um, do I agree with that? Uh, Flow 7, yeah, probably. Lyrics 9, Impact 10, Heat. What was the Heat Heat
1: one? 9. 9? What do you mean? Why not 10? Yeah, I guess so. Could be 10. Uh, I think that's what threw, yeah, threw, I mean that's uh, one off really. Um
0: Classic Albums, seven. Uh <laughs> nice. Good. All right, well
1: I'm two for two. Cool. Flow six. Lyrics ten. Legacy mm. six. Classic albums one. Heat eight. J. Cole. No,
0: ah, oh, I thought I had that bang yeah. on. Um, can you say it again, please? You did what's their birthday,
1: 5th <laughs> of June? Um, oh, um... now you know. <laughs> um, flow six. Oh, wait, did, I think I changed that the last second. Flow seven. Oh, lyrics 10. Legacy six. Classic albums one. Heat eight. Thing is, heat eight is might might be a bit like. The problem is the temperature one's actually a shit score. Because <laughs> it could be anywhere. Like depending on what obviously what album they're doing or what song they're doing. But um, this is across the board and this isn't specific. All
0: right, one. well I got it wrong, so please can I get my lyrical clue? Uh,
1: lyrical clue. I need a bulletproof vest for all the shots that you're drinking for me.
0: Uh yeah. <laughs>
1: Answer the phone. Make it simple for me.
0: Um. Dave, sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I agree with that. Can you say really? it again?
1: So, Flow. Flow 7. Yeah, 6 or 7, yes, yeah, fair enough. Lyrics 10. Yeah, that's true. Legacy 6. Yeah, I agree with that. Classic albums 1. Yeah. Fair. Heat, 8.
0: Yeah, fair. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm so, I'm so, I thought that was J.K. I thought yeah. I'd backbang on. No,
1: yeah. I think that's fair. That's a fair guess. Okay. I think that's a good guess. Birthday 17th of September.
0: Imagine if I just got it off the birthday. <laughs> I love that.
1: Flow 7. Um, Lyrics minus 1 million.
0: Minus 1 million. Oh, God. Legacy
1: 0. Oh, no. Heat
0: 9. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got two people in my mind. Classic
1: albums 0.
0: Oh, I mean. I'm gonna say RD. Yes! yes! <laughs> my lyrical clue is just gonna be I've I seen see the state, state of, her of my body. body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you got that. Oh, it's great. I love that. Oh, good stuff. And then
1: um nice. Good stuff. Cool. Flow ten. Ooh. Lyrics nine. Ooh. Legacy ten. Ooh. Heat eight. Classic albums one. Bit harsh on the classic albums
0: oh uh tyler the creator Ooh, no damn it um j cole no oh wow i've, I've rushed this um one more time
1: flow 10 lyrics 9 legacy 10 heat 8 classic albums one is it right
0: can I have my lyrical clip I'm messing this up so badly.
1: Escobar Season Begins. Escobar Season Begins. Who's that? Nas. Oh,
0: wow. Oh, wow. Can you say the things again? Oh, I messed that up completely. Flow,
1: 10. Yeah. Lyrics, 9. Yeah. Legacy, 10. Yeah. Heat, 8. Classic yeah. Albums, 1. I guess that is fair, yeah. Uh,
0: apart
1: from Classic Albums. Yeah, yeah. Um... Probably give him like three. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? But yeah, fair play. We haven't spoken about King's disease too. We have in years. Haven't. We have not. Well, obviously not years, year. but like not as um, much as it. Maybe should have. Been. Um,
0: and and uh, okay, fair enough. Well, that's next one. That's what I'm at now. Three for four.
1: Three for four. Yeah, okay. yeah. How many are there? Uh, two more. Two more. Two more. I'm ready. Birthday, 24th of October. Flow, seven. Lyrics, five. Legacy, eight. Heat, minus 273. Classic albums, one. Ooh. Uh, One more time, sorry. Flow, seven. Lyrics, five. Legacy, eight. Heat, minus 273. Classic albums, one. This is basically, mostly this year.
0: This doesn't, this doesn't sound like an artist that I would like.
1: <laughs> You're on the right track. <laughs> is it, is it,
0: um,
1: is it Drake? Yeah, it is Drake. What? <laughs> How is that Drake?
0: One more time. Say
1: the thing. Flow again. seven. Yeah lyrics 5
0: no come on <laughs> is this their all time scores Harry that's no ridiculous. not all time scores yeah it is their all time scores legacy
1: 8 that's pretty he's got a good legacy
0: he's got I'd say legacy 9
1: okay people put him as the goat oh uh, alright okay and um, then heat minus 273 yeah that's he's been down. pretty not yeah. great this year
0: uh, no that's really harsh okay, and then classic
1: albums 1 yeah you know come on
0: he's got 3 He's got three. Take nothing. care If nothing you're reading the, this, it's too late. And nothing was the same.
1: Oh, I'm not getting nothing was
0: the same. 100% nothing was the same as a classic.
1: Okay, fair enough. That's what. Views as cool. a classic. My lyrical clue was Views is uh, a classic. staring at your dress because it's see through. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough.
0: Yeah, no, that was a terrible scorecard. Oh, for Drake. okay, okay. A, come on, Harry. It's not all about disrespecting Drake
1: if That is literally all that it's about. There's nothing more to it than that. Okay. So, last one. Yeah. 22nd of October. Okay. Flow, two. Lyrics, zero. Legacy, zero. Heat, a thousand. Yes, I know (laughs) Classic album, zero. Is it T.M. Wayne? Oh, no!
0: Oh, man!
1: (laughs) No. Um... (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh man um are they British? no ooh is it um
1: I have no idea do you want the lyrical Clay.
0: ah oh, no wait one sec the flow to the lyric zero um a thousand yes I would like the lyrical clue please Timmy Pallet. oh you, no that's you're joking that's so mean oh come on are you kidding me you're giving what flow two
1: you're joking
0: he can we get, can talk
1: about this we can no, talk about this later no he deserves
0: a fl- sorry it's baby key for those that <laughs> don't know are you kidding? Okay, okay. Just to go that through. That is no flow. We're gonna disagree okay, Flo on Okay, flow
1: is harsh. Flow is harsh.
0: Flow deserves at least a five. would okay. give five or six. Five. five
1: or six. Okay, five. Okay, good. And then L- lyrics. lyrics. What are you saying? I don't know why I'm changing my. Script. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm like, for, we'll do this again for the next for good note. Uh, lyrics. Um, Some of his lyrics are horrific. Okay. Right. Don't get me. Don't get me wrong.
0: I would get. I would give his his um lyrics. At least a four. Between four <laughs> and six. Again.
1: Okay, yeah, fair. I mean, obviously, I was being hyperbolic for the point of the I know. Yeah, I know.
0: God.
1: Way to kill a joke.
0: <laughs> but that was a better description okay. for T and
1: Wayne. Fair enough. Okay, given you said two and Wayne, I'm sorry. You disrespected Toby disrespected t- like Took that. you down the uh, wrong alley.
0: Impact zero. I mean, that's fair. I mean, yeah. it's t- pretty give hot. Given one.
1: Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's a bit like a he's been he's around for like a year yeah I know so. yeah. give him one okay
0: and then Heat,
1: heat a thousand. thousand obviously he brings the heat he does bring the heat and he's not got a classic and he's not got a classic fair enough so you're annoyed by
0: the flow and lyrics yeah that's just rude that's <laughs> talking about <laughs> that's his talent just, that's <laughs> just rude <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was rude uh fair enough alright it's that agreement
1: yeah to be fair you got most of them nice Apart from what were the ones you didn't get? Nas and Lil Baby, uh, Baby Keen. Okay.
0: Um, fair well, enough. Good stuff. That was good, good game, game, Harry. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that brings it to the end of our 2021 a discussion section, Brilliant. and we'll be back shortly with the 2020 in review section. So stick around; it's just getting started. Believe literally. it or not. All right. Bye. Oh, I'm Zach Fox. I'm Harry Ubag. <laughs> I <laughs> can't believe we got that. I was I can't I <laughs> that. Sorry, everyone. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> to finish it off properly, uh, I'm Zach Fox. I'm Harry Ubag. And this is the Legend, Legend of the, the Red podcast. podcast.